Welcome, everyone. We're going to be continuing now in the series of Seeing Jesus in the Old Testament. And uh, my goal today is to encourage, challenge, and direct us as we move out of the previous season and into a new one. And I'm going to be looking at Joshua chapter 4 and 5. And uh, first of all, some background. I Two weeks ago, I preached on Joshua chapter 1, where God says to him, be strong and courageous as he took the leadership from Moses. And my the, the next week, I uh, dealt with circumcision. That was last week, because that's a feature of the story we're going to look at today. And I wanted to kind of get that piece in place. And so we're now going to move on to the next story in the history of Israel and the life of Joshua that takes place shortly after God told him to be courageous and to be strong. And uh, so this is the point in the story that they've moved out of the wilderness, they've just crossed over the Jordan, and they've moved into the land, just moved into the land. And so it's a big change, a huge change, a new season to put it mildly. And so I want to see what we can learn today from this story about how to handle big changes in our lives and to move forward into from an old season into a new one. So that is my goal today. And we're going to do three things. First of all, we're going to look back, see how they looked back. They looked back to the past and they remembered how God was with them. And then we're going to look at the present and what happened there and how that speaks to us. And we're going to end by looking at the future and what we can learn as we move into a new season. So, and I'm going to be sharing, tag, tag teaming this with Anne, which is why she's here right now. So let's start then by looking at Joshua chapter four. When the entire nation was on the other side of the Jordan. The Lord told Joshua, select for yourselves 12 men from the people, one per tribe. Instruct them, pick up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan and carry them over with you and put them in the place where you camp tonight. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And we continue. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So um, I want to challenge you then from this passage. God wants us to remember the things he's done for us, not generally, but specifically. And I want to challenge you right now 
to think what God has done for you in the last two years since the pandemic started. Where has God um, worked in your life? Where have you seen his faithfulness to those things? Um, the, um, and what I want you to do is to name those blessings specifically in your mind, and I want you to do something that will prevent you from getting it. Now, um, I'm not. Um, I'm not asking you to to grab some of the rocks outside the school here and take them home. I'm not asking you to set rocks up, but it's good to do something specifically. Now, the minimum would be to write them down in a journal or something like that. And I really strongly urge you to do that. Write down, make a list of what God has done for you. But sometimes we can do things more specifically. When I was um, about nine, I was coming home from school on a bus, and the bus was a two two decker bus, and I fell off the top deck because the bus took a corner very sharply, and I fell off, hit the road, slid over to the side, and hit my head on the curb. And I wasn't injured at all. And my parents just felt that was so amazing. They bought a, a big Bible. We didn't have a, they wanted a Bible to go in the front of the church. We didn't have one. So they bought a big Bible and they wrote in the front of it this, and I think it's still there. This is in, in, to, this Bible is in thanks for what God did in, in preserving our son from serious harm. And so that was there as a memorial of what God has done. And, um, uh, just personally, one of my uncles was an incredible blessing in my life, really got God's provision in my life. And I have two wooden candlesticks that he made up in my home, which are there. And they remind me of this gift that God gave to me of this uncle in my life. And there are some other things that we have, uh, Anne and I have that, that do this. So the simplest thing you can do is to write it down. And I want to encourage you, as soon as church is over today, to take some paper and write down as many things that God has done for you. They don't have to be in the last two years, but some of them have to be. And Ruth's doing that already. That's great, Ruth. <laughs> so, so, and I, and I want to say this is biblical. God loves it when we remember what he's done for us. And, um, so for me, this would include that I'm glad to have been kept healthy during this time. Um, I'm glad that my mother is still alive, even though all against all the predictions that she was going to die over over a year ago. Um, and uh, I've made some wonderful new friends. And I want to just name these things that God has done. And God, so God wants us to be serious about remembering these blessings. Don't brush this off. You should do it. It's a principle we learn from this story. Now, of course, these stones, if you read the text here, these stones weren't just to remind them. Who else were they to remind? Not just the people around them, the generations that followed. So so uh, this is really interesting because we've got some things in our house that um, if visitors comment on, we can tell a story about it and we can, there a story can reflect God's goodness to us. And, uh, actually as I'm doing this, I'm thinking we should do some more of that because that's really good because people comment on unusual things and then you can tell them what God did. So, um, uh, that, so that's really the first part then of this, uh, what I'm saying today. Uh, remember how God was with you. 
Well, now we're going to move on to probably what's the main thing we're going to deal with, which is the present. And it's, it's about the covenant and it's about commitment and celebration. So last week, uh, we looked at circumcision and, uh, we looked at Joshua chapter, well, we're going to now look at Joshua chapter five and I'll remind you how we covered this last week. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel. Though all the people who'd come out of Israel had been circumcised, yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out had not been circumcised. And so what we saw was that the seal of the covenant with Abraham was this mark of new creation. And we saw God saying, actually, it's your hearts I want to be circumcised. The the body's just a picture, it's your hearts. And the hearts are circumcised with the spirit. He, the, the seal of the Abraham's covenant was circumcision. The seal of the new covenant is the spirit. And this fulfills, this is what we are commanded to do. So we fulfill our commitment to the covenant in this way. And he circumcises our hearts by renewing them and being present with us. And so uh, circumcision then also is a mark of dedication and marking out, I belong to God. Uh, my heart belongs to God. My heart has been has been taken over by the Holy Spirit, and I am going to to uh, commit myself to God. Very similar idea to holiness when we covered the subject of holiness. And so, uh, so I want to say then, how does this speak to us right now as we're in this room, as we're considering moving into a new season? Um, I, first of all, we need to renew our dedication to God. And I'm going to, at the end, we're going to go through these things and actually try and put these into action. But I want each one of you to renew your dedication to God as we move into this new season. And you do that by praying for God to give you focus on your purpose in this coming season and renew your commitment to living in the covenant, the new covenant. And then... The other half of that is, of course, the the circumcision is the spirit. So we're going to be praying for a renewed filling of the spirit and sense of his sealing presence. And probably out of all the things we're going to be praying for at the end, this is what, like this kind of captures all of them. The, the, The thing that we need as we move in to this new season. Um, you know, I, I first did this, this, these passages in our prayer meeting two weeks ago, and as I was meditating them, I thought this, this is such a beautiful story for us as a church. And I felt God saying to me, we should go through this as a church because this story fits us and our story right now so beautifully. And the message just fits so closely. So we're going to be praying for that at the end. But... They didn't just, they weren't just circumcised, something else happened to do with the covenant. And, um, what happened was, uh, they, they, um, celebrated the, um, Passover. And Anne's going to be talking about that in a minute. But the Passover was the marker of the covenant. And what I'm going to do now is to, Anne's going to take us through here, and we're going to be talking about what this really means. And so I'm going to just let Anne read these verses. Okay, we read in Hebrews chapter 8, 
starting at verse 8. Look, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will complete a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I had no regard for them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will establish with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and I will inscribe them on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people. And there will be no need at all for each one to teach his countrymen or each one to teach his brother saying, know the Lord, for since they will all know me from the least to the greatest for I will be merciful towards their evil deeds, and their sins I will remember no more. So we can summarize it. And so this, is, this new covenant that God is establishing is a covenant where God's law is written on the hearts of his people. It's written on our hearts. We belong to him. He belongs to us. We don't need priests between us and God. We have this direct relationship, this direct connection with God, because this is part of what he's done with the new covenant. And all our sins are forgiven. We're completely washed clean in God's presence. He says, I will remember them no more. And so this is, this is the, all the things that are encompassed in this new covenant that God established. Now, when the children of Israel came into the, um, the promised land, after the circumcision, they celebrated the Passover. And we read in Joshua 5, while the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho. And the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate of the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. I'll just comment on why that's significant a bit later. Now, this Passover meal that they celebrated was there. This was the meal that, like, when a covenant was made, they had a celebration meal once the covenant was made. And when God first made his covenant with them at Sinai, the celebration meal was Moses and the elders went up the mountain and had this meal with God. That wasn't particularly practical for the whole nation every year. So they would celebrate the Passover once a year with this special meal, which remembered what God has done for them. But also because it had this sacrificial lamb, it looked forward to how God was going to save them in the future. So it was very, it was very special. Now, I just think this is incredible. Jesus celebrated this Passover meal with his disciples, we call it the Last Supper. And really, it was. So at, just picture this. At that, this is the, the Passover meal where they remember God bringing them out of Egypt. They eat the lamb, which represents the sacrifice that God makes for their sins. And in that room is Jesus, who is the lamb of God. He's the absolute fulfillment of what this meal means. I mean, that's just, uh, I just think that's absolutely stunning. So Jesus celebrates this. Now, he's the fulfillment of that meal. There's no need to celebrate that anymore. So what do we do instead? Jesus gives us a new 
thing that we are going to do. And so at the Last Supper, he actually institutes his new covenant meal. And that's what we're going to do now. We're going to actually celebrate breaking of bread. Because this is something that, yes, it looks back to what Jesus has done for us. But it's something we do now. It's a very present thing. You will actually taste the bread. You will sip the wine and you'll swallow the wine. It's a very present thing. It's an immediate memory of what Jesus has done. It's a, it's a, a very, um, now, immediate token of the fact that Jesus is with us now. And amazingly, it also points forward to the future. And so it's like, um, this is, well, let's, can we read the verses in Luke and then yeah. I'll say what, yes, what I'm going sure. to say. We'll read the verses in Luke. This is, this is actually at the Passover meal. And Jesus said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And then he took a cup. And having given thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then he took bread and after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me and this is the point where he actually passes the cup around and in the same way he took the cup after they'd eaten saying this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood so at this moment the new covenant with God's people is made and the celebration meal for this covenant is what we are about to do with the bread and the wine this is what jesus gave them in that moment that was the last supper that was the last passover that ever needed to be because jesus gave them a replacement and what we do now is what Jesus gave us as a replacement for the Passover. This is our covenant meal. This is also, it's looking forward to when we eat it with Jesus at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus said he's, like Jesus is waiting for us until we can all do this together. But we have this little foretaste now. When we do this, this is a little bit of heaven brought into now, a little bit of the future that we are going to celebrate right now. This is incredible. I get really excited about this. You can probably tell. I've totally lost my place in my notes. Um, So I think we can celebrate this now. Jesus said he actually broke the bread. And he said that this was his body. I mean, it's very graphic, isn't it? This is his body broken for us. He really died. He died so that we don't suffer eternal death. He died so we don't die. He took everything for us. So take your piece of bread. And Jesus gave thanks. I'll give thanks as we're eating this. But just reflect on what Jesus has done for you and what that means to you in the here and now. Lord, we thank you 
for your willingness to be such a, an amazing sacrifice, that you were the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. And through you, we now walk in new freedom. We're part of your family. We're your new covenant people with your laws written on our hearts, Lord. We're the ones who can say that we are yours and you are ours. We are your people and you are our God. And Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, we just pray that we will remember just the taste of this bread in our mouths all through the week and know that you are with us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And then he took the cup. And this was his blood poured out for us. This is his blood poured out for us. This, he says, is the, when they, when they made a covenant, there was always shedding of blood. This is the blood that was shed to make the new covenant. This is what makes us new. This is what Jesus did to establish this covenant in our hearts to be his people. So as we drink this, just remember what what it, what Jesus has done for you, but how you can now walk in newness of life with the power that Jesus gives you in his new covenant. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this amazing, just symbolic little meal that you've given us to help us remember, Lord, because we're just frail human beings and we easily, easily forget. And you gave us some this really tangible way that we can remember not just what you have done for us, but that we can really appreciate that you are with us right now and you are with us every step of our lives and you are waiting to greet us when we finally meet you in heaven. And Lord, we thank you for all your incredible mercies to us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 I'm just, this is so excited for me to see this, such a close connection in, with the story that we're reading, that we can be walking through with these people. So we've looked at the past, remembering how God was with us with those stones. We looked at the present, that we're committed to this covenant. As we move forward, we're going to commit to God, and we're celebrating this covenant, which we've just done. Well, as I read through the story, and I started reading Joshua 5, I just couldn't believe that the next bit fitted so perfectly with what with, with this whole idea of moving into a new season. Because when you get to... This next few verses, you see something which is absolutely beautiful. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped him, saying, What does my Lord say to his servant? And it was Jesus. It was an appearance of Jesus. And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. So this last verse must have been particularly amazingly um relevant to Joshua. Do you know where this is an echo from? Do you know when the last person heard this? 
Moses, when Moses was commissioned from the burning bush, these are the words that he spoke. So really God is saying, I'm giving you the same commissioning experience that Moses had and that you've been with me in this place. So uh, what a perfect place to land on for us because this tells us, this story tells us, you are not alone. As you're moving into this new season, you need to know that you are not alone. Just as Joshua needed more than anything to know that he was not alone. You don't have to go into this new season by yourself. Jesus is with you, and more than that, he is your strength. Can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. I was really struck when we read this passage. Here's the commander of the Lord's army. He's got his sword in his hand. He's not. He's ready for action. And Joshua says, are you on their side or our side? He doesn't actually answer. He says, I'm the commander of the army and I'm here. In other words, Joshua, whose side are you on? And so it's not that, not just that we have Jesus on our side. We're on Jesus's side. It's like, he's the really big guy. You're in trouble and you can say, I'm with him. We're on his side and we... Isn't it always good in any difficult situation to know who the winner is? Because if you know who the winner is, that's who you're going to put your money on. We know Jesus wins. We're on his side. Amen. Live in dependence on our king, our savior, and our shepherd. So it's not being in our own strength. We can't move into this season and do what God wants us to do in our own strength. He wants us to be dependent on him, live in dependence. So this last point today is to live in dependence on our king, our saviour and our shepherd. And so let I want to just bring everything together now and, uh, and just tie everything into one last slide. Just remind ourselves our goal was to encourage, challenge and direct us as we move out of this previous season and into a new one. And I want to, to, to land on the word direct. And I want to give us some directions from the scripture that we should be following. So what, what does this scripture tell us about direction to the past? It says, and I'm challenging you right now, commit to physically remembering how God was with you. I want you to commit to do that, how God was with you in the previous season. It can be the whole of your life up till now, but I specifically the last couple of years. So that's, that's the first direction. The second direction with the present, renew your commitment to the living God. Pray for the renewal of the Spirit's sealing power and presence. And celebrate the amazing forgiveness, freedom and hope we have right now. So that is what this passage is directing us to do. As you're moving into something new, you renew your commitment. You pray for the Spirit's power, the sealing that mark on us that we are his and celebrate with joy the future that we're going to have brought right into the present. And then the last thing, future, Jesus is our captain, turn from our own strength and live in dependence on our king, our saviour and our shepherd. And we're going to pray over you now and all of you who are on the internet. And I'm going to pray for the first point. Anne's going to pray 
for the second point there. And and uh, then I'm going to pray for the third point. So let's just come and bring this new season to God in prayer now, shall we? Father, we thank you for what you've done for us in this season we're just coming out of. Lord, we thank you for specific ways that you've been there for us. You've heard our cries. You have kept us from from harm in many different ways. You've provided for us in many different ways. Lord, we want to acknowledge you, acknowledge what you have done for us. Okay, I want to pray now. I mean, because we're children of God, the Spirit is in us. But we can always pray for more of God's spirit. We can always pray for more filling. Now, our physical attitude affects the way our minds work. I want you all to stand. Like you're going to receive something. You're ready to receive something. Put your hands out. God is going to give us something now. Because he promised that he would give his Holy Spirit when we asked. And I was listening to worship music last night, and the words of this particular song were, May your presence, Lord Jesus, fill this place as we come with questing hearts to seek your holy face. Make known to us the glorious wonders of your grace. May your presence, Lord Jesus, fill this place. So come, Holy Spirit, now we pray that you will pour out on us. Lord, you promised you would send your spirit when we ask, so we ask, Holy Spirit, that you will just come now, that you will give everyone in this room, everyone watching on the internet, just a fresh anointing, a fresh filling of your spirit. Lord, we stand here with waiting hearts, receptive to know your spirit flooding into us, your spirit who brings us the revelation of your love, the revelation of how special we are to you. Lord, we just pray that you will pour that into us, that we will feel it flooding into even the darkest, coldest corners of our hearts, all those places we don't even want to show other people, Lord. We just pray that the light and warmth and love of your spirit will just pour in now. Lord, that we would see you now with new eyes because your spirit opens our eyes to see Jesus. Just draw us closer, Spirit. Draw us closer to Jesus, Lord, that we would feel now even we could reach out and touch him. We just pray, Lord, you will renew us with an even greater love for our Lord and Savior, that we would be passionate lovers of Jesus, people who are prepared to do anything for you, live anywhere for you, be anywhere for you, even downtown Toronto, Lord that you would put that passion in our hearts that wants to tell other people about how amazing you are. So just come and fill us now, Holy Spirit, we pray. We stand here in expectation, and we know, Lord, that as we pray, you thunder out of the heavens, and we just pray, Spirit, that you will fall on us now in an amazing way, that we will walk out of here knowing we've been in the presence of the living God, that we will feel so filled with the Spirit that our feet hardly touch the ground, Lord, that we will just Go out of here with our faces radiant from having been in the throne room of God. So come, Holy Spirit, now and fill us. Just come and change us, Lord. And Jesus, you're our king. We acknowledge that we can do nothing of value without you.
We need you, Lord. May we, Lord, we want to walk now into this new season with your strength, with your power, and with your leading. So, Lord, we acknowledge you are our king. We acknowledge we need you. And we thank you that you promised to be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.